We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fresh off a victory by the Austrian Colin Morikawa, we're going to preview the Arnold Palmer Invitational and celebrate Sepp Straka's win last week here on the Gaming Golf Podcast. Everybody, welcome to uh, this week's edition of Gaming Golf. Jeff Erickson here with Jeff Ritter and Scott Jenstad. As always, we are brought to you by the folks at WinBet, and we uh, are on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Not as always, we had a guy that we kind of joked as a guy that has a, a way of just kind of backing in at top tens and like, oh wait, he backed into a victory last week. Sepp Straka won last week. Jeff, who are you going to compare Sepp Straka to now? Well, I think what I'm going to do is just flip the analogy. I mean, we called him the Austrian Matt Kuchar for about a, almost a full season. I think now you have to say Matt Kuchar's the American Sepp Straka. I think that's probably the highest. That's not good enough. Been, right? <laughs> not good enough. Matt, uh, you know, because, oh, you know, Kuchar hasn't, it doesn't, doesn't fly that high. Well, he probably has. That's not, but true. he has flown. Probably. I mean, I mean, I think Sepp Straka would sign yeah. up for Matt Kuchar's career right now. I think. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But that was that's a cool uh, – it's funny when, you know, these players who don't have much of a profile and we latch onto them in this show because we look at the numbers and the trends and we just, you know, we spotted names. I didn't even know what the guy looked like a year ago, you <laughs> yeah. know. And I, I'd only probably seen him twice on television, even before last week. But, you know, it was just – it was a funny joke to make. But we did watch him enough to know it. This guy, you know, he's doing it again, back, back, back in his way into those high finishes. And uh, like you said, backed his way into victory. Well, and, and it's the he only roared on, it. but he roared on to victory. I think that's the yeah. difference. Uh, he he really was awesome strong. in that back stretch, yeah, you know. And that's true. He did that's get true. awfully lucky on the timing on eighteen. Um, that uh, Shane Lowry had to deal with a monsoon on eighteen, where he had, whereas he didn't missed out on a birdie opportunity there. As Lowry made clear in the press conference there. Uh, meanwhile, Scott and I were just sweating uh, Daniel Berger's utter collapse on Sunday. 
That was that was the toughest Sunday of golf I can remember in a while. I had Daniel Berger in our league. I had him nineteen to one to win. Yeah, um, five shot lead. You know, you never know what happens on Sunday, but I sure as hell thought it would last more than five holes. Right. He didn't make a putt all day. Literally, didn't make yeah. a putt more I than like it was three feet eight, long. Eighteen feet of putt. The whole, and it was like twenty. It was sixteen feet of putt at, through sixteen, and he made he made like a five footer on seventeen or whatever it was. But yeah, he, he was like less than twenty five feet of putts the entire day. It was oh, it was not. It was just it was hard to watch. He wasn't hitting it well. You could tell he was feeling it. And then you know, I mean, five shot lead and Lowry on. I think on the seventeen was tied. Like it's just uh, that was an, an unbelievable turnaround. That was a uh, that was a tough one to stomach. And he chipped in twice. The only way he made it in the hole was chipping in. And, uh, you know, shoot to shoot 74 or whatever he shot with two chip-ins is, is really tough for a, a player that good. There's yeah. a there's an anecdote from the 97 Masters where, uh, you know, Tiger, 21 years old, rolls to his record victory. But Earl Woods tells Tiger on Saturday night when he sleeps on, I think, a six or seven shot lead where he tells him, Tiger, tomorrow will be the toughest round you've ever played in your life to keep him mentally sharp. But also... There's just that feeling has got to be so strange for yeah. a PGA Tour pro to be so far ahead, still have 18 tough holes in front of you. Everybody in the world expects you to win. You expect yourself to win, but you got to go do it. That's just a very, that's a hard one to prepare for. You know, yeah, Tiger he was, was ready that day, but Daniel Berger never was, been there before. He was minus. He was minus 575 teeing off on the first hole. Like that is a massive favorite but yeah it's just you could tell it's one of those days like he's like he knows if he shoots par he wins so that's gotta, yeah. Yeah, gotta be a weird mindset put it middle of the fairway on one stuck it to like five six feet and then missed the birdie putt and then the, yeah. you could always you could almost see him right there like oh not not today no and it, it just played itself out after that there so that that was rough um so all right Enough of uh, reliving the past. That, that was tough. Let's move on to this week with the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. It's a really good field compared to last year where it got wedged between WGC and uh, the and then uh, I think the TPC after that. The timing's much better this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, finally, you know, the stars have kind of aligned again, you know, after a week off. We had a great and amazing field at Riv, and now this. Uh, we're kind of spoiled again with with so many stars uh, converging on one spot. And it's a fun golf course. I mean, it's, you know, it's, well, it's, it sets up for bombers. I mean, it's almost like as you look at it, you could, this is one of those weeks where you could say, at least I did as I was preparing for this, is thinking, who's kind of a lousy putter and a great ball striker? And I'm moving them up my board. Um, and I don't know, you know, I, I miss, we're going to miss Bryson taking that crazy angle on the, I think it's number eight, the par five, where he just shoots across the, the yeah, lake. cut across but, the water. That was but beautiful. in a way that's like, that's kind of this event in a, in a microcosm of just like, you can overpower this golf course and really use it to your advantage. Certainly Bryson did last year when he won, when he won the event. Yeah, sure did. I think it was six, wasn't it? Um, it's maybe six. six. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, and I love him celebrating in triumph after you know crossing the water, whipping up the crowd. He was likable. It was nice. It was fun. Um, you know, that's the thing. It, it, Bryson's so such an interesting character. There, you know, he came in as like the nerdy professor, then he become came Brutus Beefcake uh, <laughs> there, and you know, it's just all along he's drawn scorn from golf media, whether it's for his intellectual approach to the game or for bludgeoning courses. It's a shame he had to withdraw, but it's proof though that. That wrist is actually something that's a problem. You can't even show up to, where it to defend a tournament. 
that's a problem. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the TPC is in danger in, in a few weeks too. Probably. Oh, certainly. I mean, this one, it would be hard for him to show up as the defending champ and then like take iron off the sixth hole. Right. I mean, there's nothing, <laughs> right. nothing says I am diminished than, you know, anything less than trying to do what he did last year. So exactly. um, I, mean, I think, you know, if he doesn't feel ready, shut it down for the players. It's an even bigger event, but it is too bad because that was, that was a really fun sideshow last year. Absolutely. Let's talk about enough about who is not here. Let's talk about who is here. Uh, it's a great field. Uh, starting uh, with the 5,000s, we'll do our usual kind of by tiers. The uh, five digits, I should say, not 5,000s, the 10,000 or more. Starting off with world number one, John Rahm, 11.4. Rory McIlroy, priced up to 11.1. Victor Hovland, 10.8. Scotty Scheffler is at 10.6. Hideki Matsuyama is at 10.3. What grabs you from this tier, Scott? Uh, I mean, John Rom grabs me. I think John Rom. if I had to pick someone to win, I mean, obviously odds go into factor here, but I think Rom, you know, hit the, hit the ball really well last couple of weeks, but just putted poorly. And, you know, he putted badly and still finished 21st and 10th. Like the ball striking just so good. He gained 7.2 TD in Genesis, 11.2 at Phoenix. He's never played here though, which is kind of weird. It's, uh, I was surprised yeah. he's, he's never uh, played here. So that's a one thing, you know, maybe a little bit of a detriment there. Um, if I had to take someone and we're just kind of playing in a vacuum, it's Rom for me for sure. Um, I think his odds are too low to actually bet on him. But I'd take someone else. Um, I think it's Hideki kind of going off the Jeff Ritter, you know, guys who are really good ball strikers who, have, you know, struggle with the, the flat stick. I think that Hideki is hitting the ball really well right now. He's a little bit down at Genesis, but Phoenix and Farmers and Sony, and he hit the ball really well. Um, I like Hideki to uh, make a pretty good run this week. I think everybody will like Rory because he's, what is he, five straight top 10 to this tournament, kind of rolls out of bed and finishes top 10 here. But uh, I was a little worried how he hit the ball at Genesis, putted really well, kind of saved himself. But uh i probably go, uh, I go Rom if I can fit it in. 11-4 is really expensive, but then I dropped out of Hideki. Yeah, I think Rory probably will be the most popular one off this tier for Daily Fantasy, but I, it's still, you know, how do you get away from it? Given his track record, he's won here before. He's playing well this year. 10th at Riviera. Feels like maybe he's start, starting to line things up uh, for that run-up to the Masters, which is, of course, the major he wants more than any other at this point to, to finish his career Grand Slam. So, it's important for Rory to start playing well. Uh, the signs are there. The course is a great fit. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you can make a case for anybody off this tier. And, and I do think it makes sense when you have so many stars in the field to grab one as part of your build. But I think I'd probably still lean Rory, even if he's the popular choice off of it. And then, I mean, that has been mentioned Hovland, who's pretty much won around the world constantly yeah. the last four or five months and hit the ball really well at, uh, at, uh, at Riviera and putted well, hit the ball well. Um, after that weird bump at Phoenix, you know, maybe that's not, wasn't just as his place was off that week. Um, he got right back on the horse at Genesis. It was really good again. Yeah. T4 at Riviera. I yeah. mean, that, that's pretty good. Uh, and you know, it was good on Sunday, which I always like to see too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to have some serious FOMO not going with Hovland. I, in fact, I really regret not having him on my team this year. Because uh, once again, my lack of self-discipline is just appalling uh, when it comes to the auction. But I, yeah, I waited around and then I got Brooks Capital, who I don't really care for. And that kind of just screwed my whole like money management thing. I did get Decky at least. So I like him. So there's that. But I'm, so, just, I'm just waiting for Dustin Johnson to actually show up and play some events. Yeah, it, it, not great. Not it's great, not great. Bob. It's no. not great. Not not feel bad, but still not great. Uh <laughs> It's worth noting, we haven't had a top-tier guy win yet. The closest we had is Scotty Scheffler, and he wasn't in that tier uh, last time uh, when he when he won. So, and you know, it's kind of interesting to see what happens with him uh, going forward, or, or just that we get, like, a favorite to win. 
Yeah, there's it's uh, I feel like every year we talk about players who come out of nowhere and emerge. And, you know, this year, especially, though, this run of breakthrough victories uh, is surprising. You know, I, I mean, we we talked about Sepp Straka more than pro- I would venture any other golf podcast out there you know, yep. leading up to his win. But we still didn't see it. We never really flagged him as like someone was going to win last week, even as no. we, you know, De- keep the joke running. De- Decky must have been top tour, top tier at Sony, right? You know, you're probably, uh, yeah, probably. I don't know that if was you, I don't know. I actually don't remember, but you're right. I mean, none of the, like the, none of the ROM, JT, DJ, like none of the huge, huge names have won yet. Yeah. I, I got to go back in that. You got to, you got to be right though, that he was five digits. I'm pretty sure if he wasn't five digits, he was like 98, 99, I'm sure. Uh, so I, I could be full of it. Uh, but I thought I saw a stat that Scheffler at 16 was like the highest ranked guy to have won so far in, in 2022. But uh, my, I might have read something that was blatantly lying to me, too. So that's also <laughs> possible. All right. We'll move on from uh, that you know, disinformation to provide more disinformation in the $9,000 tier. Sung JM at 99. Missed the cut last week. Will Z at 94. Hatton at 93. I think this is his U.S. debut. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, 92. Leishman at 91. Adam Scott at 9,000. Jeff Ritter, what do you like in this tier? I'll take the tier, please, uh, if I could. I like them all. I think uh, maybe – I'd probably fade Sungjae, I guess, for that price. I, just, I don't like the miscut last week. He's not doesn't seem quite himself uh, lately. But I really like Zalatoris. And I, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago where we just kind of quickly said, who are the best players on tour without a tour win at this point? And Zalatoris is, is up at the top or very near the top of that list. And here's a course profile for him. He finished 10th last year in his debut. But, you know, as I said, I was looking for guys who hit it great and struggle with putting. Uh, that is it. That is Will Zalatoris' music yeah. I'm playing, you know, as we get it going. So I think he leads the tour in tee to green, if I'm not mistaken. I have to, I have to double check that stat. But I, if he doesn't lead it, he's certainly close. Might have gotten past last week. But that's his bread and butter. I, I feel like this is a great fit, and uh, you know, we're just following the trends of these breakthrough victories. Uh, why not now? So he's my favorite off this tier. He's going to be one of my favorites uh, later in the podcast as well. Well, we're going to do a lot of agreeing this week then, because I think this is oh, the week. That, I think this is the week that Will Z uh, Will Z will finally win. So I'm betting him um, 9400. I think is an interesting spot. If you wanted to skip that top tier, you could do it and play like two nines and then a couple eights. Or you could actually go. You could go with uh, you know Hovland and Zalatoris, and then get down in the sevens pretty well. Um, I just love. I love how Zalatoris hitting the ball. I mean, Jeff kind of hit it all, but uh, you know he was second, then sixth, then he had the COVID, then he was twenty uh, sixth at uh, at Genesis, but he lost uh, stro- strokes on the green and hit it really well. He's number one in in, in shot gain approach in this field in the last twenty four rounds. We talk about shot gain approach a lot. This is a tournament that really, really exemplifies that, and you really want those because these are long. There's, I think, the average uh, par three on this uh, on this turn on this course like two fifteen or something like that a ton of uh, you know 175 200 yard approaches so you really want a shot games approach guy i love will z this week i think he finally breaks through uh, i also like matthew fitzpatrick a ton in this range 9200 uh going back to him again but i mean three uh, three straight top tens here he was 10th here last year then then ninth and second in 2019 did have the wd at genesis but it was an illness you know better than a, a back injury or something like that uh, he was 10th right. at phoenix gain and t green gain and approach i just love how fitz is playing right now uh this course obviously fits him well he's played really well here um, I think a, a Zalatoris fits kind of start can get you a lot of other, uh, you know, a couple fun things in the eight. You can uh, you can kind of go with a more balanced approach. And I really like that as a start this week. And you might even get lesser uh, roster percentage because people are sick to their stomach after having the late withdrawal on him. I mean, 
the thing is, I mean, and, and the fear, like, oh, God, what if it happens again with the early start time, the East Coast start time? Maybe that's that's plausible. So, yeah, not a bad path at all. OK, uh, so we like this tier a lot. Uh, anybody taking a chance on Hatton at 93? No, nah, I'd rather I'd rather go Leishman for 91. Um, just U.S. debut. I don't know. I, it's probably a good course fit for him, too, but I would probably I I'm with Scott. We're we're aligned on the will. We didn't talk about this in advance. We'd never do, but we are. We I really, it's like getting into the room. I don't know. Did you I guys gotta, prep here? I don't you know. know. We did the whole show, and then we just you know said we'll just we'll run it back. Well, why didn't but. you just publish that one? It would have been better than anything I could have brought to the table. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right, moving on to the eights. Uh, Billy Horschel at eighty nine. We all, everybody loves Billy Ho in Florida. Sam Burns eighty eight. Everyone says use him in Florida, not on the West Coast. They didn't tell me that until after he missed the cut. Thanks, guys. Max Homa, 87, another California boy. uh, Taylor Gooch at 86. Russell Henley, 85. Jason Kokrak, 84. Paul Casey, 83. Sergio at 81. Keith Mitchell at 81. Cameron Tringali at 8,000. I think we went uh, Jeff first last time. Scott, you get to go first here. I'm going to shock nobody here. I, I love Paul Casey again at 8,300. Yeah. He played him uh, played him at Genesis, did really well, finished 15th, and actually lost strokes putting in that tournament. He was he gained 6.7 tee to green, 5.6 approach, played really, really well. I guess he finished 12th. I think he was finished 12th. Finished 10th here last year, um, hit it really well again, lost strokes putting. So if he just putt kind of just even average, I really like his chances. He's just playing really solid right now. I know he's 45, but you know, kind of having a really uh, a really good uh, really good stretch here, really good run. I love Casey. Um, I like Keith Mitchell again, too, at 8,100. I think that, uh, you know, he played five events in 2022. He had the one missed cut. Other four are top 12s. I mean, that's uh, – it's really – he's playing really solidly. Drives the ball well, which we need here. Um, uh, last week was a lot of putting. He kind of kind of lucked out a little bit. He, he was a really good putter. But, you know, still gained on approach. Still gained a tee green. Not as much as you want to see, but um, still played well. Good history here, too. Fifth in 2020, sixth in 2019. For a guy who's not really been among the elites uh, quite yet, you'd like to see the course history is good here, too. Um, I like those two. Uh, if I had to go up there, I think Billy Horschel at 8900 is pretty interesting. Uh, might actually place him uh, on, on a win bet because he got some pretty long odds. Um, struck it really well last week at Honda in uh, you know kind of a similar type uh, environment. I, I think Mitchell just seems mispriced. I, I just I expected to see him in the nines when I went looking for him early. Just he's I think he's also past winner at this event. Is this not? Is this is his one vi- one victory? I thought, was, on I thought it was the Honda. Last was it time. Honda? I thought yeah, he won Honda. He won Honda. Okay, but he's been in top ten all three times he's played it, or two out of three. This just feels like. I mean, the guy's still playing the best golf of his life right now, and uh, for me, it was just an auto pick at that price. And it's it's rare that. I would start building a team around a guy at 8,100, but that's, that's what I felt like doing here. I just, I, I felt like that was a no brainer pick and uh, easily my favorite off the tier. Yeah. Two good spots there. I mean, and that's the thing is if you feel like you can, and it really makes you want to avoid the fives. If you've got two guys in the nines, we love two guys in the eights. We love really tough to spend up on the big, big guns there a little bit. But you it can't is. afford four from this group, those yeah. two groups, though, and either I, is the problem. As I was building, I, I kind of liked the two nines and two eights and then jumped down a, a, rather than the rather than the, the five-digit guys, but understood that you know any of those five-digit guys can can win pretty easily. They're all elite players, but I, I like the build a little better without using one of them. Yeah, uh, I think that's how I, I, I might lean. But even trying to get – I mean, at least it's low eights, too. It's not high eights, so you can, yeah. might be able to pull it off. You're going to have to go cheap in the 7,000s. Lucky for us, we're going to do that. But first, a note from our Blue Wire sponsors. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. That was a note from our Blue Wire sponsors, uh, if those of you aren't streaming us live, which is most of you. Uh Let's talk a little bit about the 7,000s, guys. It's always the, uh, a deep tier, and, you know, it's too numerous to n- name them all. So I'm just going to pull the string and let you go. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you because your man, Sepp Straka, is still only 7,300 <laughs> this week. Still underpriced. I don't like to go to the well uh, with the first-time winner coming off that first-time victory, though. Just as a, right. It's just a, you know, maybe every once in a while I might be wrong, but I feel like more often than not, I'm very right to just life altering, totally different week now coming off a of victory. So I'll, I'll stay away. But I do like, I, I'm still kind of buying into this Jason Day comeback season idea. Uh, he appears to be healthy. Uh, this would be a course fit. Uh, so at that price, I'm intrigued by Jason Day. Uh, Gary Woodland has given me a little bit of hope for my upcoming season long fantasy season that there's somebody on my team that is still interested in playing decent golf after <laughs> play, kind of backdooring his way into top five at the Honda. Yeah. And then Chris, Chris Kirk also, um, another one was kind of drifted for a while, but he looked good last week and, and, uh, he's got a good history also at, uh, at Bay Hill. So those would be my three off the kind of upper seven thousands. With, uh, with how much I like the nines and eight, I kind of dropped down in the sevens as I was looking for guys. I didn't love the 7,600 to 7,900 range. Um, I'm actually scared of Jason Day, to be honest with you. I have him on my season-long team. Um, 
I don't like how he's hit the ball uh, the last uh, last few weeks. I'm a little bit worried that uh, that renaissance maybe is is not coming. Um, I like uh, I like Cameron Young down here again. I was really impressed with Cameron Young last week. He had the second place finish and then finished 16th last week. I really like that uh, that he you know, kind of backed up the uh, backed up the kind of you know performance uh, when nobody knew who he was and you know in the mix at Genesis then finished sixteenth. Hit the ball really well. I like that his driving distance is a big factor here. I mean, he hits the ball a freaking ton. Has gained off the tee in like 11 of 12 tournaments, and I, I like that here. You can kind of bomb it down there and gouge a little bit. Um, gain an approach last week's gained big off the tee the last three weeks. I think that uh, he's a guy that's making a name for himself, and I really like how he's playing. I really like that seeing the bounce, uh, kind of the bounce back off that second place finish. Um, you'll make fun of me, but I, I like Keegan Bradley again at 7,300. He's made all four cuts in 2022, gained on tee to green and approach in all four starts. That's always the putter with Keegan. But you give me like an average putting week. Um, I think you know, he's been making cuts without the good putting. So only one top 25, but at 7,300, you make the cut this week. I'm good with that. You're going to have to get six this week. There's only 120 guys in this field. 65 plus ties make the cut. You're going to have to get six. six. There's a lot of a high percentage of guys making the cut. Uh, Keegan has made nine cuts in a row here, finished 10th last year. So good history here. Uh, if you look at the whole field here, he's 13th in the field in Tita Green last uh, 24 rounds, 15th on approach, just ball striking really well. And my last guy in this range, kind of the same theory, is I like Lucas Glover again. I gained 4.5 in approach last week at Honda, finished 30th. He's made five of six cuts, including a fifth-place finish. Um, really good, uh, some good ball-striking numbers over this uh, over this stretch so far in 2022. Has only lost on approach once in the last five weeks, a couple really big gainers there. So um, I think uh, Glover, another guy, makes the Keegan and Cover, Glover kind of make the cut, finish 25th, and uh, you know I'll, I'll kind of uh, make my cash with the top four guys. Jeff, I know you were focusing on the upper half of the 7,000s. So is there anything in the lower half of the 7,000s? Yeah, like? I miss Cameron Young. That's a great call. Um, and he's he's a guy who's, um, you know, he's a rookie, but power is certainly the hallmark of his game so far, ranking among the top um, players in driving distance off the tee, tee to green game. And uh, yeah, hasn't really hasn't really had his heart broken yet. You know, he's, he's playing well, but he's, you know, got to be feeling good about himself heading into this week. So I like that pick a lot. Um, otherwise, I'm looking for Patrick. I'd like to see Patrick Reed show some life for my fantasy team, even if it just mm. like gives me a week to trade him away. I, I just can't <laughs> believe that the guy that I picked my for one of my stars is priced at 7,400 bucks in a at Bay Hill. That's that's quite a fall. Um, and I and still, I'm he's oh, not ahead. show. He's just not showing. I mean, I Patrick Reed's 150 to one to win this week. Like it is, it is an unbelievable downfall. I mean, you look and you look at his numbers, look at stats. He's lost strokes on Tita Green now in nine, oh, 10 straight uh, events where there's a shot tracker. Like, what what are we looking at? And this is a guy that was like elite a year ago. Like, what is going on? Like, the guy had the guy won this, last year at Farmers. It's crazy. He had like five top tens last year. You know, this happens though in golf. Yeah, David Duvall collapses. Luke Donald was world number one, and now he's like world 450. You know, it's like it it comes fast and it goes fast sometimes. And uh, it's just such a crazy game that it's just the, the margin for error seems like it's really fine. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. That's just that that's my insight for today. We'll no one's on. no one that I know of has asked Reed directly about Saudi, but would, I feel like would you, that, would you yeah. ask Reed a direct question? Yeah, of course. I mean, I have, I have. Yeah, that's right. Good point. I have, but is he has you know, he has he called up uh, Alan and said, you know, I know Putin's invaded Ukraine and all, but he's backing up a great tour. It's a chance to change the PGA tour. No, he didn't do that. Okay, just want to make sure. But it's just, it's just stunning how bad his iron play is. When that was like he was really good, he was great around the green. He could hit. I mean, just 
it's wild to see him this bad. It's 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 just crazy. Scott, who who would you prefer for the rest of the season, Jason Day or Patrick Reed? God, Jason Day. Ah, damn it! I was going to try to make a trade with you live, <laughs> live, live on the show, but couldn't even couldn't even get that one done. Man, I would love to do that because I'm not super high on Day, but I look at Reed and I just, I it's it's hard to figure out how how he's going to figure it out because he's so. All right, awesome. offer stands. Just tell All me right. by the end of the episode if you if you want to just for for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. you know Mickelson is out there, and if you just email our commissioner, <laughs> today is March first. You can get in line to get him. You know, he's available. I, I, I think he's him. good. I think Phil will play the Masters. I think he'll play the math. It's a, it's a perfect friendly spot for him to return. They won't make him do a press conference if he doesn't want to. The crowd still love him. I, so I, pick I, him up. And I'm telling you, it. he's available. I'm he's I, yours. I'm not sure he's going to play four rounds at the Masters, but I think he's going to Hard to see him not tee it up there, though, right? He's got yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can get uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm just going to make some sort of caddy joke and, uh, you know, I don't that, but I'm going to move on uh, because it's forcing at this point. All right. Six thousands bargain basement. There's lots of them. There's like I know Len Hockworth, you know, went all the way down to sixty one hundred for one of his recommendations in his article this week. Wow. Who was that? Uh, I, you'll have to read it at riddlewire.com slash free. Get your free ten day show. I, I try no. not to read anything before we do the show, and then I read everything after. So I have Adam not Shank. Read Adam oh. Shank wanted to shank it up. Uh, but I'll can I throw? I'm going to throw a name out here. See what you guys think. Sixty four hundred. Danny Willett. Does that seem cheap to me? On my list of uh, four guys down here, I like so yes. Hey, I'm not I'm not terribly dumb. Yeah, all right. So he hit. Scott, the, tell he me hit, more. He just hit it really well last week. Like he yeah. uh, he gained five point six T degree in a hundred. He just he just was awful on the greens. He lost four and a half strokes putting. Finished forty eighth and was kind of in the mix. Gained three point one in approach. Uh, he won in October on the Euro Tour. Um, he wasn't great before that uh, early, or after that earlier this year, he wasn't great in whatever Dubai and Abu Dhabi he wasn't great there, but, um, I like the fact they hit the ball so well. I like the price. I mean, 6,400 for a guy that, you know, has shown he can have some, uh, some moves up the standings, obviously won the masters a long time ago, but, um, I just like how well he hit the ball last week. And at this price, I think he's, I think he's worth a step. Jeff. I like the same price for Matt Wallace. Uh, he's the guy that I flagged. I had him on my team last oh, year yeah. and I just, he was a, a kind of, Shows up at the big games and the big tracks. And uh, I don't think he's, I think he's missed the last couple of cuts he's played, but he's been over in the U S for a bit now, a couple events. And, uh, but he does have a good track record at, at, uh, at the uh, Bay Hill. So uh, I flagged him as maybe someone to round out your roster with. I will, I will not give you his, uh, his recent stats. <laughs> Better or That's worse than Patrick Reed. Courtesy. Worst last three, we turn last two tournaments worse than Patrick Reed. Well, it's price cheaper. But you're right. I mean, he's played well here, and he's always a guy that just kind of shows up and, and competes. It's uh, it's weird just how bad, because he's like he's a pretty good ball striker, too, and it's been bad. Yeah. But the other guys I like here, um, I like Adam Svensson at 6700 I felt like his price was going to be higher. I mean, he finished ninth last week at Honda. A lot finished, of TV coverage from him, yeah. He did. Finished ninth last week, and he lost 4.6 shots on the green. Like, he was the absolute uh, tee to green leader in the whole field last week. He gained 11.8 shots on tee to green, just putted it terribly. He was good around the greens, good in approach, good off the tee just putted terribly, or he might've, he might've won the tournament last week. Um, he's five for five in cuts in 2022, uh, two top tens. Give me a guy who's making cuts and also a flashing couple top tens. You got to love that under 7,000. Um, I think Pat Kazire is live this week at 6,500, uh, five events so far this year, uh, one missed cut, but two top 25s. He gained big on approach in three of his last four 
Uh, he was 10th at Phoenix, gained really well Tita Green. So I think he's, uh, if you need to really save some money, maybe you want to, you know, scoot up a little bit higher, get to get to Hovland or Rom or, or Rory somewhere. I think Kazire is a guy that can make the cut too. Um, we didn't mention him in the 7,000, but I think Lanto Griffin, he's low 7, 7,100. Um, you know, two top 20s this year. He's uh, he's made uh, four cuts out of four events, all four in the top 40. Um, gained nicely, taking a three or four. Didn't hit it well at Genesis, but uh, was 21st here last year, so I think he's playable. There's a lot of guys in the low sevens and high sixes that are playable this week. I think there's uh, some roster structure stuff you can do where you can get a couple of, uh, maybe a couple of high guys in there where it's usually a little bit tougher to do that. And, you know, more than half the guys make the field, so maybe you can get a little, uh, little riskier with the guys in the sixes. I would also add uh, Fratelli, Dylan Fratelli. Um, he's made a few cuts now. Uh, same, you're just looking for form and looking for momentum. And um, he's a guy, I think he's been top 60 in the world before. I've seen him in these WGCs. Like, you know, could be a big game hunter, certainly not scared to play well in a field like this. So, um, yeah, he's top guy off this list. Top 30 the last two weeks. Uh, nice momentum. Yeah. Made that eagle on 18 on Sunday. That, yeah. Was, yeah. That, was, that was sweet, too. Didn't he have a nice little run in the match play last year, too, if I recall correctly? I want to say at least maybe he had a big point? upset. I it think sounds, he was like the last guy in the right. field and then beat some players. But I don't know. That, that seems seems like that strikes a chord for me. All right. Let's talk uh, gaming, our, our betting sheet. Jeff Ritter, who do you got on your betting sheet? Well, I'll go right back to kind of the guys we talked about earlier. Uh, I started looking for Will Z. I see him 25 to 1 on golf odds. How's that look compared to the? That's, that's what I have. That's what I have on uh, a couple different books here, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that a lot. Is Keith Mitchell still as pitifully underpriced on odds as he is in DFS? Or so has 4,500 is a, on DK is the best yeah, I saw. Good. That's what I yeah. have, 45, yeah. I saw 29 for Will Z on FanDuel. I don't know if you can still get that, but just uh, come on, definitely check that if you are in a district that allows you to bet FanDuel. Yeah, I would start there. And also, I do um, – I wonder if Scott is going to will Keegan Bradley to a victory soon the same way we willed Sepp Straka over the hump that <laughs> – uh, I do, I do like the stats you cited. He, you know, he is, he is a good fit for this place, and he's won, won before in big, big events. So that's probably worth it at six, what, sixty to one or so. It looks Points like. bet has him at ninety. Uh, like I don't know if again, this is according. If you go to rotowire.com, you go to the golf page, you click on sports betting. We give you uh, best odds on four different books: DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, cool. and Bet and Points Bet. Uh, so just keep that. In Those mind. are my three. I would, I All right. would go. Yeah. Mitchell, Zalatoris, Bradley. Uh, Jeff, good call on Fratelli. He finished uh, T9 at the match play last year. Hmm. Yeah. I, I do remember some things sometimes. Good. That, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I think it's uh, Jeff and I are on, on the same page this week. So hopefully that's going to be a good thing. I'm definitely betting Will Z at 25 to 1. Um, I like Paul Casey at 35 to 1. I think he's going to uh, be on the leaderboard on, you know, on the weekend, which is kind of all you want at 35 to 1. I like Keith Mitchell at 45 to 1 also. I think I'm going to be playing that. And then I'm going to jump back. Uh, Keegan's 80 to 1 where, where I saw him. I just think it's a little bit FOMO there. I can't, uh, he can't win and me not bet him at this point. So I'm going to put a couple <laughs> bucks on him. And there's actually a couple, I, I got like some deep darts this week. And we're talking a couple bucks here. Um, but I like Glover at 150 to 1. I like Willett at 250 to 1 and Spenson at 250 to 1. Just for some some fun, uh, you know, if they make a run up the leaderboard, some fun watch money. But uh, my main bets will be, uh, be Will Z and uh, and Casey and uh, and Mitchell and maybe a little bit of Billy Ho since I don't have anybody in the top you know under twenty five to one I might throw an extra bet on there Billy Ho's fifty five to one I like him to uh, to maybe make a run after he hit the ball so well last week in, at Honda. All right, uh, briefly one and done. Is anybody not going to take Will Z here? 
I just locked him in I, as I'm making a habit now ever since the Scotty Scheffler incident of a few weeks ago. Uh, I've, I've locked in Will Z as my one and done pick for the week. Well, if, if Will Zizu wins this week, Jeff and I are both going to uh, share that uh, share that prize because I'm going to do it too. I was really close on Rom, um, but I think not playing here uh, ever get, bought me off him. I'm going to find a better spot for him uh, with a little bit of course history, but I do think he's in a good spot this week, hitting the ball so well and putting badly. I always like guys, elite guys like that. Just putts well. It's going to be right there. But uh, I think this is the, the week that Will Z, uh, Will Z finally breaks through. I think we're going to win this week, uh, so I'm not going to jump off just because, uh, just because Jeff's on him too. Yeah. Um, I'm either Wilsey or Hovland. Haven't decided that yet. Uh, I don't think Hovland played here last year. So that might be also, uh, again, a, a vote against him there too. I don't know. I think but, you're going to get him at uh, like only a couple people on him this week. I think we have 50 people in our pool. Uh, yeah. I don't think you'll get more than two or three guys. And I always like getting great players when nobody's on them. So that's, uh, I think that's a pretty uh, a sneaky yeah. good one this week. All right, you talked me into it, and that way you get someone that's different than you to get you one less person on Will Z. Exactly. So when you win, so there when you I, go. When I win at the I end, see, the I see what you're doing. The difference between Will Z's win and Hovland's third this week when I win the end of the year, then I'll, I'll make up the difference to you. I promise. Okay. Okay. Keep it fair. Keep it yep. fair. All right. Any parting thoughts, guys? Well, I guess I'd like an update on my trade offer live during the show. Uh, I paid twenty five dollars for Reed in the auction. Oh. What did Jason Day go for? Uh, either eight or nine. The offer is on the table. I uh, I looked at Reed a little deeper after you said that. And I just don't think I can pull the trigger. Oh, man. <laughs> He's so right. bad. He's so right. bad right now. It would now. be fun. It would be give us material for the rest of the season. It would. The pro- and the problem is I really like Jason Day, too. So there's, I don't know. Yeah. It's a Nick good idea. Nick Hogard for Patrick Reed. Who says no? Uh, <laughs> Hogard did not quite work out so well for me last week. Look I'm keeping him on my team. But. There you go. It's a it's a really good and intriguing offer and uh, all that. I just um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off. I think. All right, fair enough. Classic. Sometimes the best low. trade to make is the trade you don't make. So that's yeah. that's yeah. Guys, I just want to throw one other guy. I want to mention one other guy. Late withdrawal in Phoenix was Webb Simpson and hasn't played since. I don't. I haven't heard a whole lot about his status. He's not in the field this week. Um, this is completely 100% selfish because I, I have him in our league and I wonder what the heck's wrong with him. So uh, sending out an APB on him. All right, I'll get back to you. Don't know. All right. All right you're, uh, it sounds like baseball has gone sideways in the last 20 minutes. Um, yeah, we're going to move on past that right now because this is a happy place. This is where I wasn't looking at Twitter for a while. But Jet- you asked me on Web Simpson, you went yep. to look on Twitter for that, and then you saw all the all the baseball stuff. And I did, I did. So yeah, it's yeah, uh, I know you know yeah. exactly what happened there. But, we'll stick yeah. uh, we'll stick with positivity. I agree. Let's uh, we get to get a win. I, I'm hoping to. Uh, I, I decided I don't want five shot leads on on. I've had too many bad ones. Uh, I had a Russell Henley eighty to one three shot lead last year, and he blew. He was done by the by the front nine. So. Yeah. Go ahead and stick with like Scotty Scheffler coming from behind and winning tournaments from now on. Good plan. Good plan. That's going to wrap it up for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Gaming Golf. Uh, good luck to you on your, your DK lineups, your leagues, your betting sheets, your one-and-done pools. All that and more, we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.